popped my head up after a bit of a dive and there was a great big set of arms hanging in the water and I thought it was another diver at first and I played a croc about five foot off my face. I just kind of kicked backwards the whole way back into shore. Um, he followed me in and he just lifted his back and his tail right up out of the water and started growling a bit. And as I was walking back to the car, he just kind of followed me for about 100 metres as I was on the walk back. wanted to share awesome experiences that you can have when you are in the water and that's why I started spearfishing. I just clamped down on the reel and got drugged down to about 50 feet and I'd never had a battle like that before in my life. So when you're learning where to hunt and find fish, they're the hot spots, it's where fish want to be. Don't overcomplicate your gear, don't go diving dressed up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> I actually started off in stubbies with a bloody belt with a pig knife on it. And I've seen this big fin break the surface, roll into the water, look down, here's this nice big Great <laughs> Once your face hits the water and you feel relaxed and all the other stresses of life seem to disappear. It's a whole new world and it's mysterious, it's magical. Beats the shit out of knitting anyway. Oh yeah. G'day Noob Spiro community, thanks for listening today guys. We've had uh, plenty of shout outs but um, today we're going to do a 101 spearfishing with crocs episode. It was triggered mm, by... Crikey. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. It was uh, it was triggered by an email from one of our listeners. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec, but before we do, a couple of shout-outs. So Eric Fox in Connecticut, USA, which is um, adjacent to New York City and close to Rhode Island where he does a lot of his spearfishing. He was um, keen on us interviewing Mark Healy, who we've also reached out to. And um, if anyone knows Mark, we'd love it if you um, encourage him to come on the show. Turbo, you got a shout-out? Yeah, mate. Uh, I just want him to make a quick shout out it's kind of a long one to uh nick blythe uh nick unfortunately and his partner has contracted cigaterra poisoning from a mackerel uh caught off the central coast of new south wales um mate hang in there it's uh it's going to get better um he's in a world of pain and uh fortunately for nick he didn't feed it to his uh his son he's got a baby boy and uh luckily he didn't have any of the fish so Wish you all the best, and uh, and even to your mate and his girlfriend, um, your whole crew. We just hope you get better. And if anyone else wants to know about Cigatera, go back and listen to that um, episode because Turbo had his own bout of Cigatera, and it's what's interesting is Nick listened to that podcast episode a week before he got Cigatera, and Cal. he said he was just in the back of his mind um, when he was uh, cooking the fish, and he thought I won't give it to the young fellow in case he gets crook. Yeah, right. Brilliant. Yeah, good Saving stuff. Saving lives, mate. Cool. Uh, <laughs> next shout-out to Ben Roberts from Seattle, Washington. He's a Pacific Northwest Sparrow. So him oh. and his wife are dive buddies, believe it or not. And uh, so he's bloody lucky, and his wife's a Sparrow. So, yeah, so in their area, spearfishing's not a huge sport, so there's, they've had trouble finding other dive buddies. So um, if you are in the Seattle area and you want a dive buddy, look up Ben Roberts. He'd love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they sound like a couple of characters. Actually, I think we might have to get them on the yeah, show, we'll Turbo. On. Yeah, absolutely. So, Who else you got, mate? Um, oh, I started a Facebook thread re- recently asking guys. Uh, I, I believe the title was "I got ninety nine problems, but equalising ain't one." Tell us your 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 obstacles for spearfishing, and it, a lot of guys jumped on it. And I uh, just wanted to thank those guys for reaching out and letting us know what their issues were. Nick Pearson, Harley Fulton, Mark Corner, and Ty Eldridge. Thanks for reaching out, guys. Uh, awesome, you've um, given us plenty of fuel for the fire, and we know what to write about next. So awesome, brilliant. And moving on, I want to say good day to Savas Vallas. 
I think that's how you say it. Uh, he's in Massachusetts and dives out of uh, was it Rhode Island, and he he recommends for us to chase down David Hotchman from Spirit Charters in New England. Uh, David is the current world record holder for the striped sea bass. Uh, he gives spearfishing seminars as well, apparently. So. We're going to chase him down, and Savas, I uh, just want to let you know my snorkel's generally hard in the morning and then uh, gets a bit softer <laughs> during the day. <laughs> uh, also, kudos to Jesse Cripps, who started a blog series for the ladies, for spearfishing ladies. Um, she's a so, powerhouse. Yeah, she's, so, she's one half of the spearfishing powerhouse couple, Tacker. Tacker and, and Cripps. Oh, Tacker so and Cripps. Tacker go to underwaterallyproductions.com if you're a lady, an up-and-coming lady spear and you'll find out some awesome stuff from Jesse. I also wanted to pay our respects to Taras Posnick. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but he he tragically lost his life spearfishing off Palos Verdes, which is sort of like southwest LA area. And, uh, yeah, he's he's lost his life in the past few weeks, so just wanted to um, allay our sort Mm. of condolences to his family and friends. So you got any more shout-outs, Tewa? Yeah, I just wanted uh, to quickly say... Thank you to the Northern Freedivers group. I, I I got a question uh, about diving with Crocs, and uh, and I well I've never dived with Crocs, so I I put the question to the guys in the Northern Freedivers group, and uh, they dobbed in all their mates that know about Crocs. So uh, and here we are. Awesome. So Dane Stevens, this is the email that triggered the 101 spearfishing yep. with Crocs. So he says, how's it going, fellas? First and foremost, I wanted to say thanks for being a couple of sarcastic buggers and making me laugh each time I listen to an episode. I really enjoyed the show and it's been helpful getting real. So he says, um, I've got what I think might be a somewhat unique question. I moved to timor Lest in August from the US and have been slowly learning to freedive and spear. I've really enjoyed the show and it's been super helpful being able to hear experienced Spiros speak firsthand when I'm living in a place with limited options for finding experienced partners. One of the issues we face here is saltwater crocs. What I was wondering was if you might know of any Spiros from Darwin or other areas of Australia who would have experience spearing in croc territory and could provide some insight on how to best manage the risk and avoid an encounter. Maybe it could be a topic for a blog post. So anyway... Here it is, Dane. Here is the 101 Spearfishing with Crocs. Turbo has got, he's actually gone and interviewed three cracker guys with uh, good stories. What have we got first, Turbo? Yeah, okay. So, Dane, I got in touch with the Northern Freedivers. These are the blokes from uh, Northern Queensland and uh, and Darwin as well. So the top end, Northern Territory, not far from where you are situated. So anyway, the first guy, the guys that I got in touch with was uh, actually as a guy from, originally from Zimbabwe called Rob Gates. Uh, he's he's got some cracking advice, and uh, and the second guy that we talked to was Cameron Bourne, I believe, from the Bourne Identity. I just realised <laughs> I just made that connection. Anyway, so Cam is um, in Cooktown, North Queensland. So uh, we just asked them about what their croc stories were, and uh, so stay tuned. We're about to uh, play. Those. So who we got? We got Rob Gates first up, a Rob. double croc attack victim. Absolutely. Enjoy. You're going to love this story. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. Adreno is one of the world's biggest and best spearfishing stores. You can visit Adreno online at spearfishing.com.au or in store at their Brisbane or Sydney locations. I grew up in, in Kariba in Zimbabwe. Yep. Lake Kariba, I don't know if you heard about it. And it's an, it's an epic lake, um, 360 kilometres long. 
and 25 k's wide, and it's you know there's and it's full of crocodiles. So I grew up as a young kid, you know, watching what they do and the behaviours of it. Then then getting in to dive with them, um, and just understanding the natures of them. You know, they they they're pretty aggressive, but they 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 don't remember for a long time. You know, if you if you dive in the same place for two days in a row, it's it's pretty safe. Yeah. And after that, they they become inquisitive. So if you give it a, a a couple of a couple of days break, you can go back to the same spot. Man, I want to I want to go back a bit, and I want to ask you. So you, you you've actually been a uh, croc attack victim. Where, yeah. where where were you? Like, what can can you take me like on that day? Like exactly what was going on and and how that all took place? Where you were? Yeah, I was in uh, in Lake Kariba. I actually took a. South African spearfishing team up there to dive in the nationals, and I went to my favourite spot, which I'd taken my my wife and my kids before, and it was like a real hot spot. And uh, I didn't know that a, a, a clock, female clock, had moved into the area, you know. And and the, and the local guys didn't tell me either, you know, which was which was I was pretty cheesed off about, you know. And what happens is in in the freshwater lakes there, and also in the lakes here, you get this floating weed that sits on the top on the top that we call it cabbage up there. Yep. And the fish congregate underneath here, and, and especially with the tree in amongst us, they all sit in the tree, you know, like birds kind of thing. And and I knew that there was going to be a lot of fish in there. So I had a couple of warm-up dives, um, shot a few fish just before that, and then I slipped underneath this, this canopy, uh, floating canopy, and like landed at the base of the tree. And when I looked up, there was probably about 70 tilapia looking at me. Yeah, right. And... And I thought, well, I'm going to shoot all these things at once. You know? <laughs> so, I, <laughs> business competition. You know? So, I thought, oh, well, yeah. if I shoot, if I shoot the first, the, the first fish through the tail, I'll have enough speed to pick up another one. So then I'll, you know, double up. So I did that, and I didn't, I didn't get the double up. So when I reversed out of the, the canopy, um, I just shot this pool on my, on my fin. The, the, just the very front teeth were was in my in the top of my uh, on my shin and around my ankle, you know. Oh right. And and I looked down and I saw this female croc of about about nine nine ten foot, just gnawing, trying to get a bite, getting didn't understand what it was, what was in its mouth because my blade was in its mouth basically, yeah. and it couldn't get a good grip, so it was like a bit hesitant. But this is what I said: if you're going to dive with crocs or sharks or whatever, you know, you need to have this programmed in your head because. You don't have many seconds to to do something, you know. And luckily, my mouth was right outside the um, croc's mouth, and I was only I used to only dive with one mouth there, you know. And I pulled it out and stabbed it on the head, and it, it did nothing. Like it was just like putting, taking a, a knife and prodding the table, you know, just with the bone at the top, you know. And I really couldn't see the eyes because it was far down there, you know. So. Before I pulled the knife out, I punched it twice in the head. Then I pulled the knife out, tried to stab it. Then I realized that I said, I must get it in the throat. So I managed to pivot around it, and I stuck it straight into the throat. And as I stuck it in the throat, it let me go immediately. Right. It came up next to me with, with the mouth wide open. And I thought it was going to roll off the knife and gap it. So I thought, let me pull the knife out and stick it in again. Well, that was the wrong thing to do. So I pulled it out, and as I... As I pulled it out, it just pivoted its head and swallowed my my arm. And, wow! And and then I thought, shit. So I wound up again, stuck it in, straight in, went straight in into the throat again, mm-hmm. and it immediately just opened its mouth. And then I pulled my hand out, and then I just pushed it away as far as I could away from me. Before because that was the only thing I had um, was the knife. I didn't want to let, lose that, you know. No. Nah. 
And my mates were on a boat right, right next to me. They saw it all happening. And uh, my spear gun was unloaded down the bottom. So I just motored, motored out, out of there. So that, so that, but luckily, I reacted so quickly that the clock didn't matter what it hit it. You know, as it bit me, I nailed it, and it didn't give it. I didn't give it time to settle down, to to actually do the death roll. Every time it bit me, I nailed it. You know. Yeah, mate, and so. and, that, and that's what, and that quick response is what you sort of attribute to the fact that you survived, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've I've been in uh, there's a there's a, a dive shop here ten meters below, mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually very frightening because there's a lot of youngsters in this in this in the diving fraternity that actually don't that don't dive with a knife, you know. And I called these um, it was about I think it was six uh, little youngsters, Islander youngsters, and they're all like starting to get into diving. And I and I just popped a question. I said, "How many of you guys dive with knives?" And the one guy says, "Yeah, I got one." And, and the other guy says, "Yeah, I, I borrow one." And they all, "Why?" I said, "Well, the most important thing before you put on a mask or a pair of fins is to put on a knife, because for, for a start, there's, there's huge fishing line that you can get tangled in. There's nets, there's barbed wire, there's, there's all sorts of weeds that you might have to cut your cut your way out of. Plus, yeah. there's crocodiles and there's sharks, you know." Yeah. And it's like it's like crazy, you know. Like that's why I said when you dive with cocks, you know, you need to have one, have one on your one on your arm, yep. and then also one on on, on the alternative alternative leg, you know. Yeah, right. Um, what you know, what really works? Um, Rick Ward is a very very well known spearer as well in Zimbabwe. Yeah, we all did we all did the the world champs spearfishing in Chile and Spain and and all that at a very very high level and. You know, with diving with crocodiles, you need to know which which knife will actually penetrate. You know, and the only uh, only knife that actually went in with ease um, was a double bladed knife. So if this guy's going to dive with crocs, he must go with a double bladed knife. Nothing else works really. Got to be you a stiletto. And also, ironically, if you leave it in, uh, they they tend to stay away from you. I, my problem was that I didn't I didn't leave the knife in. I actually pulled it out. Thinking it, it was going to roll off the, off the blade and gap it, and I thought I'll, I'll give it a bonus shot because I actually stuck it in the throat, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't happy, and, and then the minute I pulled it out, it was up near my shoulders, and when I pulled out the knife, it just pivoted its head and just swallowed my arm. They all, a crocodile stay away from you. I mean, unless you got the, that female that got nailed me mm-hmm. had babies, and they will come straight away to protect the the young. So <laughs> that's what you have to realize. What is the time of the year? If they've got babies, mm-hmm. then, it, then, it, then it's high risk. You know, if they haven't, they, they bask in the sun. Yep. And, you know, they need to be warm all the time. So the hotter the, the, hotter the water is, the more, you know, obviously the higher, higher the risk. But in, in Lake Kariba, in wintertime, it used to get really cold, you know, so the cocks would bask in the sun for a long, long period of time. So you could basically swim right past them. They wouldn't worry, you know. Fair income. But, um, and, yeah, yeah, and, but, but, but then when it's warm, well, then you must just, you know, just keep an eye on them. And if you've got the boat right above you, and it's happened to me lots of times, like I said, you, the distinct noise, even in the, in the salt water as well, if you just bash the boat with a paddle, yep. it's a distinct noise. All people know that that is, that's what's going down, you know. And so before you leave, leave, leave the bottom, you just celebrate the boat and just, just bolt, you know. In actual fact, about, uh, I was probably about 20 seasons. I I was diving in Lake Kariba as well. It was a was a elimination challenge for the Zimbabwean team uh, to go over to Chile, and uh, I actually got nailed by a croc 
in dirty water. I was diving in very shallow water, about 15 feet. So, you know, if you're diving that shallow, you don't don't need to go screaming up the surface for air. You actually just go go for the 45, and then you dive straight down again just to save speed, you know, because, you know, competition diving is all about speed and diving time and whatever. And as I left the bottom, this dive, this, this clock attack, as I left the bottom, I felt like it's just a small tug on, on the... And something held my flipper back, you know, my fin back. And I thought, I didn't see any sticks. There was no trees around me that would have held the twigs that held my fin back. And I'd, and I'd really left the ground, and so there wouldn't have been any vacuum mud sucking on on, on the fin. Yeah. So I thought, let me have a look and see what it was. So I turned around and I went back down with my spear gun in front of my face. And this is when I came across a, a male clock of about... This thing was at least twelve foot big, oh. fat. The difference between a male, difference between a male and a female clock, the same bodies, but the head. The only thing different is the head. The male has a big, thick uh, throat mm. and a very big, wide head, and the females have a very thin, narrow head. Mm. And I didn't know what to do when I saw this thing. It, it got a, as big as far as I did. I just went back to try and shoot it in, between the in the collarbone to go into the heart and lung. You know. Yeah. And to get a bit of velocity, and I, and I shot it, and I, and I mean, I was backing upwards, and it was sitting there, and I shot it with a good spear gun, and it went straight into that big fat neck roll, and it, and I didn't know what to do. And then it was just like like lying in the middle of the uh, in the middle of nowhere, just shaking its head. So I went underneath it, and it was silhouetted above me, and I thought, well, if it, this doesn't do anything, I'll just and it comes to me, I'll just grab it around its throat. I don't know what I was going to do after that, but <laughs> it was. But, so I lie on the on the on the mud at, on the at the bottom, and this thing was silhouetted above me, and it was just shaking, shaking, shaking. Then I saw it turn its belly to get it away from me. Then I thought, well, the ship, there's my chance too, and I just motored motored out. But again, the boat was right there. You know, it's important mm. if you're diving with the clocks, you have to have a boat uh, right above you. You know, and. Basically, one diver, one boat, you know. And I just took off straight into the boat, grabbed the gun that was floating, and I could feel it on the end, and I could feel the spear lock pull out, and then the clock captured, and I don't know whatever happened to it after that. But. <sighs> so there you have it, Rob Gates, two-time croc attack victim, and he still spears in North Queensland. That's Absolute crazy. legend. It's just amazing. Who we got up next? So up next, we have... Jason R- Bourne's brother, the the Bourne croc... croc. <laughs> 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 oh, so yeah, so we got Cam Bourne coming up, guys, and uh, and this is uh, yeah his the Bourne Crocker made him, mate. So he he's actually uh, he's he doesn't call himself a pro spear by any means, and uh, Cam thought it'd be a good idea to go shore diving in Far North Queensland. Brilliant. Ooh. So he's an, he's a character. Have a listen to this one. Making the switch from plastic freediving fins to a carbon or composite freediving blade makes a huge difference. You you don't feel like you're finning through mud anymore. Fatigue and soreness in the ankles goes away. Penetrator blades are lighter and more reactive, and they've improved my diving, and I'm sure they're going to improve yours. Check out the custom Noob Spiro Octopus Edition at noobspiro.com. Or for the full range of penetrator fins, head over to penetratorfins.com. So where, where are you from, mate? Where are you, where are you diving? Uh, up around Cooktown, up north of Cairns. We're hanging around at the moment, and... Go for a bit of a dive when I can up this way. Yeah, right. Are you? Because you're from Taree, aren't you? 
I am originally, but that was a long, long time ago. I spent the last 20 years in Broome and then travelled around Australia all last year, diving the whole way around, and we're staying in Cooktown for 12 months to see what happens here. So you're up in uh, you're up in Cooktown, mate, and you had a, a story to tell about um, your experience with a four-metre crop. Yeah, I was out, just went out on my own one day, probably the worst thing I could have possibly done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a nice little coastal dive, chasing a few crays, maybe a jack or something, and I hardly even been in the water. I rocked up and usually sit around for half an hour and just have a look around if I know there's crocs around, but I just got a bit excited and jumped in the water and started swimming and popped my head up after a bit of a dive looking for some crows and that, and there was a great big set of arms hanging in the water, and I thought it was another diver at first, and I kind of popped my head above the surface, and I had a croc about five foot off my face. Oh, fair um, dink. So, yeah, like, the back of his head was as wide as my shoulders sort of thing, and I just kind of laid on my back real slowly and pointed a gun at his face and kicked backwards the whole way back into shore, and I was about 100 metres out. Um, he followed me in most of the way back in, then kind of stopped 10 to 15 metres from shore and I got to the edge and climbed out of the water and he just lifted his back and his tail right up out of the water and started growling a bit and carrying on. So I got up on the rocks pretty quickly oh. and as I was walking back to the car, he just kind of followed me for about 100 metres as I was on the walk back, sat about 10, 15 offshore. Oh, you're joking. That wasn't the greatest time of my life, but it was a bit of a rush. It was a heart rate. Yeah, it was. It worked. (laughs) I can't believe that, man. That is unreal. By yourself too, man. That is absolutely crazy. It wasn't my smartest day ever. I've since changed my ways a little bit. (laughs) While I was in games, everyone I spoke to said, why didn't you just shoot it? But I wasn't going to pull the trigger because I didn't want to piss it off. I was just kind of hoping I was going to get away from it peacefully and I seem to this time. Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't make any. Uh, didn't make a charge at you, like a. No, no, not at all. If if it wanted me, I'd be gone. I had no idea it was there until it was five foot off my face. That's phenomenal, man. That's an awesome <laughs> story. I was I was being a bit careful. I thought I was like popping my head up every time I came up for a breath. I'd pop my head up and have a good look around and see if there was anything floating around. But that wasn't enough. Oh, mate, you're brave, you're a braver man than I, mate. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I think that's more just stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Not even after a couple of rums, mate, will I pull that on. That's insane. Oh, I haven't done it again. I don't intend to. I'll only dive that sort of stuff when I've got at least one other person with me and preferably in a boat. And what sort of um, viz were you working with on that um, day? About four or five metres viz. I was only in about three metres of water. I was only up in the shallows playing around. I wasn't really what I thought to be too dangerous, but... I got a bit complacent and it nearly ended me. Yeah, right. So you don't you don't do that anymore. I take it. No, no, God, no. Um, if we go out diving now in that sort those sort of areas, mm-hmm. always take a boat with us, and we keep one person in the boat and two in the water. And what do you do now? Do you you sort of scan the area a bit better before you get in, or like what's what's your what's yeah, your protocol well, now? I usually I usually do anyway. Yep. Usually, if you rock up somewhere and it's fairly new sort of area, you kind of just float around in the boat and have a yarn for 15, 20 minutes and see if anything pokes its head up because crops being pretty curious. They kind of make themselves known if you're around. Yep. So we have a bit of a look around, and if it's all well and good to go, then we jump in and go from there. And if you've got someone in the boat, well, usually like they do make themselves known. So if something gets seen, then they just call everyone back in, bang on the boat, everyone jumps in. But 
we haven't had that problem again since. It's the only run-in I've had. Yeah, right. You wouldn't want to have another one of those, mate. Do you carry a dive knife, mate? Do you, do you recommend that? or? Well, I don't really know what a knife would do against one of them, but I've always got one on me. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of moral support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a run-in with a little shark about a month and a half ago, which my knife came in pretty handy with. So. Oh, yeah, take us through that. Oh. <laughs> I was out and I shot a nice little trout and I was all happy with that. Stood him back to the boat and his little white tip came up and it was being a bit too cheeky and came in close, so I gave it a bit of a punch in the side of the head. Yeah. And then it came back in again and grabbed the fish, but it grabbed my finger at the same time. <laughs> um, so I grabbed hold of it and just wrapped it up in a big bear hug and yeah. I couldn't get my hand out of its mouth. It got a couple of my fingers by the um, dynamic gloves on. It got out of a couple of fingers, yeah. but only broke through the gloves on one. Mm. Um, I just wrapped it up in a bear hug and stabbed it in the head a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> it eventually died, and then I got my fingers out of its mouth and swam back to the boat. <laughs> oh, mate, what's going on? Are you, you're, you're having a good run, eh? Holy shit. North Queensland's going to be the end of it. <laughs> oh, mate, you need to be back to Tari, I think. Fair thing. All right, Turbo. I mean, that was some fantastic stories from three awesome um, guys. Thank, thank you for sharing, by the way, fellas. And uh, look, what were your takeaways? Your main takeaways from that, Turbo? Yeah. Well, the first one is don't dive in croc country. Like that's absolutely it's just crazy. But anyway, if you have to and you got to get into it, I would say uh, one thing I did learn there from Cam was you don't go shore diving. Yeah. Like I, I think really, if you're going to go into croc country and and you want to minimise risk, you're going to need a boat. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you've got a boat, I mean, you, you've got a quick out if you need it. Yeah. And um, you've got somebody on the surface keeping watch. Yeah. Yeah, look at all out, time. lookout sounds just absolutely crucial. Oh, and, you, and you talked about signal, a signal. What was that? Yeah, so you need to have some sort of um, protocols in place that if your boaty does see a croc, yep. he can uh, signal to you underwater. So I think it was Rob actually mentioned there that they bang on the boat you know, with an oar, and it makes particular noise underwater. So the guys underwater know straight away, yeah, up and and over the side. Yeah. And uh, Rob, Rob not only touched on the signal, but he also touched on the fact that the boat has to be close, preferably yeah, yeah. overhead, so that if you need to get in, straight up over the side, and you're and you're away. Just you know, hearing, thinking it was your buddy behind you or whatever. I mean, that'd just be like. You know, you humping my leg like normal on a dive, say. Yeah. It's just a big feminine leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, first aid kit, that, that stuck out to me, having a fully prepped first aid kit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes for any spearfishing. I mean, because if it's not crocs, it's sharks, and you're going to need a good trauma kit, and you need to know how to use it. So first aid. Have we got an old cliche saying there, like prepare for the... Now you Don't you love that five Ps or something? Prepare for the worst... Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Yeah, yeah, five Ps. Prior prevention. For, no, prior well, planning. Prior yeah. planning prevents piss poor performance, yeah. Thanks, Six Dad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, like fully stocked first aid kit. I mean, it is common sense, but, like, a lot of us don't do it. But if you're diving in, cross, uh, in croc country, trauma kit, just be prepared for it and, and follow all these protocols and it might save your life. Yeah, I agree. A uh, big one, too, is... Uh, is when you get into your when you get to your area is not to dive straight in. You need to spend 15, 20 minutes, maybe more, surveying your area for yeah, crocs. Okay. Yep. Just because they they're either coming up or um, or you're gonna like survey the banks as well for stuff like um, crocodile 
um, slides. Yeah, so yeah. So where, where they're sliding into the water, it's a dead giveaway. Yep. And um, yeah, and just any surfacing crocs around the area, and like you really need to know that area. So the other thing too is checking with local blokes, like tackle stores or whatever, or other fishermen to see if they've seen crocs in your area. Yeah, even in like. A little isolated r- rural sort of communities like they've probably got on Timor. Uh, surely the locals would have some information about what what's around and um, and if you haven't got a dive buddy, I mean, using one of the locals with their boat and establishing a protocol with them that might still have the same results and uh, and keeping a sharp eye out and diving near the boat, keeping it close to you. I guess that's all you can sort of do. Isn't yeah. It? Well, Dane said the the local guys there said if you lead a, I think it was a something like a clean life or a good life, um, then the croc won't touch you. Awesome. Let's put that tip in there. That's got to go. I love it. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody stuffed. I'm never going to the Crocs again. Oh, my God. All right, so. Um, Sum it up. Yeah, no, no, there's more to go here, hey? Uh, Rob Rob got attacked twice, eh? And uh, and he's he's got a good point here that you should carry two knives. Okay. All right, because one of his arms got bitten and one of his legs got bitten. Now, if he, if he had the knife on, that wasn't – if he had if he couldn't access his knife – He'd be a goner. Hmm. Now, Croc let him go because he stabbed it in the – well, he tried to stab it in the head. He stabbed it in the throat. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think that's – you've got to be able to access your knife. It's got to be a good stiletto kind of knife, you know, double-bladed, serrated, the whole thing, good sturdy thing. And uh, from someone that's tangled with a croc, he says to stab them from underneath hmm. in the soft part. Said the head's too hard. I reckon that's pretty good advice as well. I don't know if I could remember it while there's a big salty hanging off my massive calf muscles, but <laughs> – <laughs> they wouldn't even attack you, oh, I mate. reckon. There's chickens with more meat on them. <laughs> it's like a, just an egret or a stork. Just, <laughs> and just uh, no, They wouldn't even know I'm there. Anyway, so, yeah, make sure you survey the area. Keep a lookout. Stay close to the boat. Have a signal. Two knives. First aid kit. Don't dive around croc country oh, and learn your croc behaviour. Different crocs in different areas do different things. Yeah, okay. They they super protective of their young breeding and their season. eggs. Yeah, breeding season's that. a big no no. And uh, and Rob, his freshwater crocs where he was, he said, you know, they they're under the uh, they're under the weed mats and um, and they're hanging around, you know, schools of tilapia. So you know, there's a few things to uh, to keep in mind. So uh, Dane, that's what we've got for you, mate. We hope you enjoyed that, mate. And uh, yeah, thanks for your uh, thanks for your question. It was awesome. Thank those guys for sharing your stories. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Rob and Cam, mate. They are awesome stories. Loved it. That was good fun. And next week, what have the guys got look look to look forward to, Turbo? I believe we've got Aaron Chase from Spear to Power in the States. Yeah, we've got Aaron. I mean, I can't wait. He's uh, he's been flat out doing up his house, but he uh, still made time for us. So, and, and we're going to chat to him all about GoPros because he's part of the Spearheads crew, and they they do some phenomenal films. So I'm sure we'll get the lowdown on GoPros. Absolutely, can't wait. Thanks for listening to today's show. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. To learn more about becoming a better Spiro, visit us at noobspiro.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Turbo, why would listeners want to subscribe to the Noob Spiro newsletter? Well, Shrek, if they subscribe to our newsletter, we will send them the Noob Spiro guide to getting started, which includes the dive day equipment checklist. Not only that, you get the top 10 tips for becoming a better Spiro from the world's best and more. Can you give us an example of one of those tips? Get a mentor. That's one that pops up a lot. Ah, nice. Like I was to you. (laughs) I'm in.